reunited and it feels so good. Guys, we are back. A fresh edition of the F1 podcast. I almost say fresh edition, but we have been throwing out little teasers, or at least you guys had Tanisha and Lawrence, of course, here with me. I'm Alexis Dunes and I'm back. With my, to be fair, I'm their sidekick. I'm not really anybody's, you know, boss in this one, but it's been an eventful couple of weeks, guys. I think it's been like, what, two weeks, three weeks? It's been two or three weeks since we last all sat down in this room and recorded a podcast together, but it's been a very eventful. Very, very eventful. For starters, while I was toiling away, working so hard on my interviews in Barbados, you know, in the hot sun, just sat, you know, with England cricketers on the beach, just talking about hard things in life. I noticed you guys were having your own Grand Prix of your own, really and truly, in, in Barcelona, was it? Nate was posting his results. Lawrence was posting his results. So nice to know that we pay you to do this. Yeah, so um, <laughs> it was in the slightly less hot sun of Spain. But we've all started, there's a group of us journalists that have started running together. It's quite competitive. I'm quite easily the Williams of the pack, I'm, but I'm, I'm catching up quite, quite quickly. Uh, and then Lawrence is pretty quick. Um, is he the Ferrari? He's, no, he's not the Ferrari. Well, well, actually, uh, yeah, questions about legality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his shoes have been under question for a long time. No, no. Uh-oh, uh-oh. No, but he's, he's, yeah, he's very quick. So we do that, but you, you get to run the tracks after everything is done, and which is always just such a cool experience because you're running around a circuit that you've seen race cars go around for your whole life. And you, Were you actually running? Yeah, yeah, on the on the track, and you 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 always get about halfway around. You just think, what am I doing? Well, but, why? Who let me on? Who let me on here? Why am I? Yeah. Why I feel like I would do that ten minutes seconds in. No, well, it's, it's weird because also you realise one how long these tracks are because you see a car go round in what one That's minute, nineteen seconds, or whatever, and you do it yourself in about half an hour. But um, the, the one other, lap. Well, for me, one lap was I can't even remember what time it was. Uh, well, more like I think it was nineteen minutes or so. But some of the laps are long. Like Spa is uphill. Seven kilometers. Yeah. For me, that's a good half an hour run, even more, I would have thought. Um, but the, the weird thing is, is also you see the tracks from a very different perspective. So basically how the driver sees it. And more often than not, you realize there's not much runoff. Like people always complain about runoff in F1 and stuff like that. It's too much of it. The drivers, you know, aren't taking the risks. But when you're on the track and you see like how big some of the gravel traps are, you realize this is yeah. pretty dangerous. You know, you're running for it and then imagine going through it at like 180 miles yeah. per hour. Well, turn one in Spain is like that. You see, you yeah. turn in and you, the wall is pretty close and you think all it takes is someone to, you know, two cars to touch Split on turn second, one. Yeah. And boom, that's not far away at all. So it does re- make you reevaluate those circuits. I mean, Austria has a huge incline up to the, t- to the, I think, well, turn two, turn three, whatever they call it now. And I never realized how steep that was until I was actually running it and I was about halfway up and I was convinced I was about to die. <laughs> and, and then you get to the top and someone's like, oh, well, you're only at turn three. So yeah. <laughs> keep going. Keep but you can go- see the whole circuit pretty much at that point. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. nice. Well, I signed up for my first 5K at the end of this month. So nice. I feel like at the end of the Formula One season, we'll see if we can, us three can go and I'll see exactly where my running abilities rank. Yeah, no, that sounds good. I feel like, good. yeah, but if, if Lawrence is in his Ferrari shoes, then you know what? I'm going to call up my good mate Usain Bolt <laughs> and I'm going to borrow his shoes and see if, you know, the Jamaican in me can actually do my country justice. But disclaimer, I am actually quite slow. I used to do long jump, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shall we talk about what's going on in actual Formula One? Because, whoo, there really is a lot going on. And I mean... The news of the week, of course, is with the FIA and Ferrari and, of course, everyone not happy. I guess we'll just quickly recap because, again, there's yet another development today. I know I came into work and Lawrence was already quickly hard at work. Usually it's like Nate sweating when he's getting breaking news. It was great to see Lawrence, who's usually so put together and cool. I call him like 007, never bust a sweat, but he was today. (laughs) And so, of course, earlier this week, the FIA revealed that it had reached a private settlement, I guess we could say, with Ferrari following investigations into its power unit 
athletes. Now, I believe it was Wednesday where the teams issued a joint statement. Well, the teams that, of course, are not supplied by engines from Ferrari, saying that they were kind of surprised and shocked as it went on. And I know you guys have been writing about it, and the whole headline was that the statement from the FIA basically left a lot more questions than answers. And then now the FIA has responded with yet another statement in response to, I guess, some of the backlash or criticism that it got and basically saying that they were well within their rights to do what they did and how they did it and that's that get over it almost and I feel what's your reaction to it because I feel like we wanted transparency but have we actually gotten it even though they have explained a bit more well the strange thing was is that if this was all stuff the FIA was able to explain why didn't they do that the first time around I still don't think the other teams would have found that satisfactory because basically what the FIA said is that they investigated Ferrari's power unit. They had some very serious suspicions that it wasn't uh, complying with the regulations, but they had some difficulty proving it. Now, in some situations in the past where we've seen a team caught red-handed more or less, they put their hands up and then it's very clear which way it's going to go. Ferrari was the opposite. Ferrari said, we're not doing anything wrong. Uh, You know, you're going to have to prove it. And so the FIA then had uh, three choices. So basically this was... Um, a uh, an investigation brought about by the FIA themselves. Mm-hmm. The other teams have raised suspicion previously, but none of them have protested Ferrari. Okay. And usually for the FIA to get involved, another team will have to protest. In this example, the FIA just went for it and they felt that questions needed to be answered. So they did it over the winter and they looked into it. And at the end of it, they basically had three options. One was to drop it completely and, uh, and issue no statement. Uh, you know, they may issue the fact that they investigated and found nothing wrong or whatever. But to be honest, they could have dropped it completely and said nothing. Uh, option uh, two was to uh, come to a settlement, uh, and that's what they did, and we can go back to the reasons why I did that in a second. And option three uh, would have been to, if they had suspicions and they felt that uh, Ferrari had broken the regulations, take it to uh, the International Tribunal and um, try and prove, um, basically, in a course of law, that, uh, that Ferrari had broken the regulations. The reason they were uncomfortable about doing that is because um, the nature of the thing they were dealing with is incredibly complex. Uh, it kind of required knowing how the fuel moved around the engine, which was quite hard to prove once that fuel has been bought, uh, burnt. Um, I learned in- how it does now, though, that's for sure, and yeah. it's calorific value. Thanks, yeah. Lauren. Can you remember the four-stroke engine thing I talked about? Oh, earlier? my Jonas Brothers. Um, give me the first one. Suck. <laughs> Squeeze. Bang. Bang blow. There you are. Yeah, yeah. So there, there we go. go. See, we're learning. He Four only told me this five minutes technology. ago. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so uh, but the, the problem was is that the, the FI was really struggling to prove uh, that with a complete certainty, and you know, and they felt with Ferrari arguing the other side uh, that, that there had been illegal, and, and they basically saw uh, coming towards them a, 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 well, a, a massive legal um a situation that could have gone on several years would have been incredibly expensive and with no guarantee of a satisfactory outcome at the end of it. So um, they decided to go for option two, which was an agreement and uh, part of that agreement, settlement, whatever you want to call it, uh, also kind of make sure that Ferrari can't keep doing the same thing next year and uh, make sure other teams can't do it. Weirdly, it also involves Ferrari advising the FIA on future power unit um, re- regulations, uh, or not so much regulations, but more on future power, power unit uh, kind of discrepancies and grey areas and stuff, which is useful because you've got to remember the FIA are dealing with fewer people to look into these things than a Formula One team has working on it. But it also, I think, kind of riled the other teams a little bit because, mm. you know, they felt, well, well, wait a minute, you know, Ferrari have been, well, their suspicions are that they've been cheating, and then uh, they get to kind of, you know, be part of the process going forward. 
So, I don't know if that covers everything. It doesn't quite, I know, um, because there's, there's plenty of questions still being asked by our teams, not least. But um, that, that's roughly what stage we're at at the moment. No, it was I your reaction. Like I got a front row seat to uh, back at university again at a lecture. That was great. Oh, that covered everything. I think that the the main thing on this whole uh, issue is, I think Lawrence has covered that well from where the FIA has come from. The most annoying thing watching this is just how bad this looks to somebody who's not that familiar with Formula One. And I think that there's obviously processes that have been followed. But mm. which just kind of was my reaction because I was yeah. asking Lawrence just this morning too. I was like, is this just? Sweeping things under the rugs, let yeah. bygones be bygones, and you know what? Let's just move on and race and be happy. But then, if yeah. you are the other teams, I would feel like, hang on, hold up. Yeah, and and the fact that it's Ferrari, and the fact that you know, to to most people watching, you you immediately just read, and and any statement that leaves you with more questions always seems like there's a cover up or there's something that is not being said. And I think that this statement we got today, I don't understand why we didn't get it originally. I think that's the weirdest thing is that this 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 makes a lot of sense, this statement we got. Mm-hmm. When you actually read it, you, you, there's still questions from it, but you think, okay, they've explained what they did, they've explained why they why it was difficult for them to come to a conclusion, but then we're left with the statement they or- originally put out just basically made it look like they'd swept something under the rug. So from that perspective, very frustrating, and it just, again, it, for Formula 1, I just don't think it's a very good look. You know, we've seen a lot of governing bodies over the last few years in different sports, you know, kind of fighting the, ma- the major players in their sports yep. and sometimes helping... The major players in their sports, and you know, if if you don't follow F one that closely, it's very easy to look at this and just think, well, FIA has just been doing that with Ferrari. And, and the other major issue with this is the money involved, because Ferrari finished second in last year's constructors championship, and that's worth an awful mm. lot of money. And it also means all the teams behind it um, uh, didn't get the money that they would get if mm. Ferrari were found uh, to have breached regulations on a level that um, they would be thrown out the championship, which you know could could be possible obviously it hasn't happened but um you know we've seen that before with mclaren for example over spygate uh in the, huge, uh, in the they, late 2000s and arguably i think you said this to me yesterday that mclaren's never recovered from the punishment they got from that oh really so, it, it was it was 100 million and then uh, mercedes soon left them as an engine partner so mm. um you know it's it's it's, it's very serious and um, i think that's why this even the statement today from the fia won't put this to bed because the other teams are now asking the question well look um, you know, if there are suspicions about Ferrari and they haven't been answered and they haven't gone through the process of um, a court to find out what the answer is, then are we actually owed a bit more money here? Yeah. And for a lot of those teams which are existing, uh, you know, obviously they're big companies with uh, big budgets, but you know that could be a you know a huge amount of performance on the track for a team right at the back of the grid. It could be the difference between existing and not. So it's not over yet i don't think you know i think this is still a big a big issue and uh, and even the second statement uh, leaves quite a few big questions hanging well would you expect because like you said you, you don't think this is over yet and that was my next question is how sorry how long do you that no i just totally <laughs> fine it's a podcast uh but what do you think's gonna happen next i mean before anyone tries to put on lawyer hats and whatnot can can teams appeal and whatnot because i i think rightfully so if it, it gets to the matter of you know existing and not then this you'd think something has to be done it's hard to know because we don't often see teams uniting like this mm. against you know against another competitor. We we know that behind closed doors sometimes, you know, there'll be some horse trading. You know, some teams will say, "Look, if, if we vote for this, you guys vote for this here or whatever." So it's really hard to know. I mean, there's not really much precedent for this, so it's going to be a fascinating one to actually watch. And that's why when everyone gets to Melbourne, I think that's going to be the main talking point: is just where where on earth do they go from here. And I don't know. Like, you know, can you retrospectively? They've obviously already come to an yeah. agreement, but will they? Will they 
Retrospectively take it have, back. Have they, yeah, have they done something? Uh, have, yeah, what is the nature of the agreement? All these things are still questions that are up in the air, so. And the FIA were quite clear to point out in their statement that they have acted um, as, as they're allowed mm-hmm. to do under their own regulations. So, um, you know, option two, as I called it earlier, is a very, um, you know, so it's there for a reason. It's there because it's an option they are allowed to take. Um, the strange thing was the secrecy in uh, around the, uh, the, the kind of deal in, in, in the original statement from the FIA. That was odd. Um, but again, I don't think there's anything necessarily against it in the FIA's mm-hmm. own regulations. So, um, the FIA entitled to do it, but the teams did also mention that, you know, they retain uh, the right to, you know, seek legal counsel on this as well. And um, what exactly that means, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, it's, it's certainly if they feel that uh, they've been um, uh, dealt out some money in some kind of way, then I think there probably could be a, another stage to this. Either that or, you know, um, there'll be some kind of agreement uh, amongst everyone and uh, and we move on. But, you know, this is uh, it's such a technical sport. There's so much money involved in this yeah. sport. Uh, these kind of things um, really are quite big issues. It's not just a you know nice little talking point to start the season. It's a pretty serious issue. So this is basically a dot, dot, dot to be continued. Mm. Something tells me that. I mean, and, and as Nate pointed out, it's interesting to see so many of the teams actually uniting on this front, which just leads me to believe that we'll definitely be talking about this probably further on. Hopefully it doesn't disrupt the season too much or whatnot. But what a tangled web we weave. Shall we move on then? Yes, let's, let's do that. Happy things now, because of course, well, not so happy because you guys had to do two episodes, two and a half, without me. I was heartbroken. Yeah, I, tried my, okay. I tried my best to fill in as host, but uh, oh, Nate, you are you've got that. What is it? The Winston Churchill voice? Uh, ne- Neville oh, Chamberlain. Yes. We decided oh, on Neville, Neville, Neville Chamberlain. Winston Churchill. Declaring war on Germany is oh. what Lawrence, Lawrence compared me to. Just to be clear, <laughs> Nate didn't declare war on <laughs> yeah, Germany. Yeah. Uh, is not from, <laughs> from an ESPN standpoint. We are not we at war <laughs> with any nation <laughs> around the world. Uh, but uh, if you listen back to the start of the Ferrari explainer we did um, actually just yesterday, uh, Nate's kind of newsreader style at the start was like spot on. Yeah. Of, you know, did you ever have to do no, on no, camera first, presenting? No, no. First time. You've got a very yeah. vo- easy voice to listen to, Nate. Thanks. Face for radio. Face. Oh, said. behave. This is being recorded. But that's not your your mom thinks you've got a lovely face. There we go. So shall we talk about pre-season now? Because pre-season is <laughs> That was not a your mama joke. That was a compliment. Say that his mom, of course, I'm sure she's a lovely woman. I thought woman. it was a low-key your mama joke. We all think you've got a lovely face, Nate. There's nothing wrong with your rosy cheeks I compared to Santa Claus before mm. we even started recording. Which again is another compliment. Everyone loves Santa Claus, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can see it from probably, that point. except for the Grinch, maybe. Yeah, but anyways, moving on. <laughs> so actually, moving on now, preseason wrap. That's what we're going to go into now because literally preseason is wrapping. I mean, Lawrence has the privilege of packing his bags and going all the way to Australia. We're getting down to it. Race week is definitely coming up next week. I'm excited because it's the first time that obviously I'll be able to watch everything straight from the start. Um, and get some of your predictions that we will later on, of course, in this podcast chat. But you did cover some stuff, of course, in episodes three and four about preseason. So we'll just have a quick chat now that I'm back on that. What stood out to you guys? What you're looking for? What you like? What you didn't like? So it's quite difficult to say this, but Mercedes look really quick again. Like, mm. I know we've had six years of Mercedes dominating, but they do look very good. And every indication. So just to give you a bit of a kind of filling in on what happens when we're out testing. Uh, we're not just there in the Barcelona sunshine. Uh, I actually spend quite a lot of time <laughs> staring at timing screens trying to figure out 
what's going on and patterns and who's doing what and why they're doing it and how quick that actually means they Which are. Which Lawrence isn't telling you that he absolutely loves, he absolutely relishes that, so... Does he? Yeah, absolutely. I can tell, there's a, there's a little does. mad scientist element in that. There's yeah. worse things to be doing with your life, but it's, um, it, it, it's, 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 it's a bit of a chore. Spreadsheets and timing screens, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I prefer the actual racing, but anyway. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's quite interesting because then you get a picture of, of where the teams are because if you compare what they call race runs where they do a simulation of actually doing a race, uh, they all have to start on full fuel so you don't have people masking their pace with extra fuel which is extra, extra weight and makes them go slower. So you know they're all roughly on the same scale. And even when you look at that, uh, the Merc looks very, very quick. Um, the Red Bull doesn't look too bad uh, and we kind of believe they're probably going to bring some uh, nice updates to that car. Mm. Not that Mercedes won't, but uh, Red Bull are very good at that early in the season bringing in. Uh, some big performance gains, and um, the Ferrari doesn't look that good. Uh, it doesn't look very fast on straights, which may or may not be related to all this engine chat just we just had. Well, it, and that, but that does come into it all, is that since this all happened, Ferraris, you know, they had that run of poles last year, they had a run of wins, and then suddenly, obviously all this has been going on behind the scenes, and now Ferrari has dropped back to behind Red Bull. So it adds another level to that story we talked about mm-hmm. at the start. So, so I mean... Yeah, it looks like about 0.4 seconds of lap time that's gone missing. Um, Which is massive in F1. I was going to say that does sound massive. I mean, you know, that that can be the difference between, say, third on the grid and, you know, sixth or eighth, you know, in in a competitive field. So it's quite a lot. Um, And Ferrari are saying, well, we've been working on the reliability of our engine an Mm. awful lot. They did have some issues last year, so maybe that explains it. And we've added quite a lot of downforce to the car, which has created extra drag, um, which slows the car down on the straights. So um, they have their explanations for it, but it's you can't get away from the fact that Ferrari are not where you would expect them to be, and uh, they certainly seem to be trailing behind the pack. The only thing that we always must caveat with any kind of testing analysis is that it's a one track in fairly unusual cold conditions, and when you go to Melbourne, and if it's hot, which fingers crossed it is because mm-hmm. i'm packing my shorts um <laughs> Ooh, then, yeah. legs out um <laughs> keep your eyes out for that um then uh there's a chance that actually the cars react very differently and uh they kind of work with the tires in a different way and in fact maybe ferrari had it right all, all along it's just that it doesn't work specifically at that track at that time of year so that's um that's a possibility but uh on basis of the data we have and uh, our kind of knowledge of how these things usually work out uh my order at the front is definitely mercedes red bull ferrari at the moment Nate, what about you? What got you excited or not so excited? Does that even, you know, make things a little bit more exciting? Or even though, like you said, we wanted to see more of a mix-up and not just the one-car race, I suppose. Yeah, pre-season, in terms of the fight at the front, it just left me a little bit deflated because, as Lawrence said, we've seen that narrative before. But hopefully we can see those other two teams close up. The only issue is there's not going to be a huge amount of development this season as we go on because everyone starts focusing on next year's rules. So if there is a big Mm. gap early on, you, you fear that it might just kind of be locked in what i'm actually quite excited about um is we've got quite a fascinating midfield fight which we've had yeah. for the last few years but racing point was the big talking point of pre-season before all of this engine stuff started because they've effectively copied mercedes car from last year you know everyone's calling them the pink mercedes and they look very very strong in that midfield pack and you add in mclaren and renault um you know renault really on the on the ropes a little bit so last year were beaten by mclaren who had a renault engine which was pretty embarrassing for whoever, you know, the people designing Renault's car. So there's a lot of nice little storylines in the midfield. You've got, you know, Racing Point really talking a big game. They're saying, hey, we're going to score some podiums this year and stuff, which is a a lot for a midfield team to say. So I'm quite excited about that. And it's a shame that 
you know, you, you can get more excited about the midfield fight than the fight at the yeah. front. But going into the season, that's really where I'm at. Um, but hopefully, I mean, Australia usually kicks up some some good kind of entertaining opening races. And if a Mercedes doesn't win the opening race, it'll be very easy to kind of get a bit carried away and think, well, maybe we're going to get a, a good season. I think last last year, Mercedes was so dominant and Ferrari was so far behind them, mm. it just took any sting out of the, the fight early on. So and it was so at odds with expectations. Yeah. We all thought Ferrari were going to go there and boss it, and it was completely the other way around. Uh, this year, we all think Mercedes are going to go there and boss it, so who knows? Who We've knows? been wrong before, and yeah. <laughs> we may well be wrong again. We have a little bit of a segment. We do. Shall we introduce it? We should indeed, and we should caveat it by anyone who listened to episode four <laughs> will have heard about the pooch pouch, which pooch I think pouch. so. This isn't actually it, but it's, this is a stand-in pooch pouch. Yeah, because I couldn't find mine. One. I know I packed it when I came home, but I think it's either ended up in the wash somewhere, or it's just. Will you be able just, to find it? Back? I'll be able to find it. Yeah, by episode by, by the next episode, episode six. My concern is that it's ended up in the wash, and the questions are still in it. And you know, when you leave <laughs> yeah, a tissue yeah. in your jeans yeah. or like a receipt or something, it goes all weird. That's, I think it could be the that, end of the, the end of the original pre it, it could be, but this is a, a this more is than adequate replacement. So these questions now that we have, it's kind of like um, we're going to have you guys put your necks on the line, of course, yep. to some quick questions that we'll choose, and you have to answer this one. Um, pooch pouch. Pouch 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 pouch, 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 pouch. That's a little intro for it. We'll, we need to work on that we'll one. See. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on it. Don't, yeah. don't worry. We have some recording segments yeah. coming up after. We've got Lucy here, like, nodding. Pa- like, yeah, yeah, Lucy, gonna, our producer, she's that. getting ready for me to record some jingles. I, I think she might have been things. shaking her head, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get, you know, copyright infringements going on, but I think that would be a nice little melody, a little pouch, 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 pooch, pouch. And then, of course, it's pooch pouch because, you know, Nate's Nate dog. Yeah. But... Yeah, I feel like that always needs explaining because otherwise, it's without yeah, context. There's not really people would wonder. Even I wondered, and then I re- then you just had to say Nate Dog, and I was like, of course, pooch. pooch. All right, let's get into it now. So, do you guys want me to choose the questions, or Lawrence? Do you want to choose one for Nate, vice versa? Um, let me give it a little. That's very good. Oh, I can't. I can't even deal with that question. I don't know how I'm going to deal with the question. I don't know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, just take. I, I think if one of us picks the question, is do we both answer the question as we did in the last? Well, one? I suppose one, one answer. You, and are, then you chime ask. In. You ask me. Mm-hmm. And then if you do really disagree, you can jump in. How about that? I'm glad we thought about this before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, I know. This is, this Perfect is planning, guys. podcasting, you know. It's, podca- it's, it's organic, best. as exactly. one of our colleagues, Gab Marcotti, would say. Podcasts are organic. It's organized chaos. Okay. Well, here we go for a bit of organized chaos now. <laughs> Boom. Hit me. Coming right at you. Hit him. Who wins more races, Verstappen or Leclerc? That's a really good question. Uh, I'm going to say Verstappen, purely because of what we said about Red Bull's car. I think it's ahead of Ferrari's. And I just think Max is in maybe a better point than... Le- I think Leclerc's done a very good point, but I think Max, la- at the end of last year, was just incredible. So, sorry, I can see Alexis is about to... Clutch his pearls. Yeah. I know you did not just put bet against Litty Leclerc. I did, I did. So that would be my... Max wins more this year than... We st- uh, that's our other thing, that we have to get him to sign off on the Litty Leclerc. Oh, yeah. We got Sunday signs to love his Sunday oh, yeah, signs, yeah, yeah. right? So I, I don't you it. forgot about that. No. Uh no, because we're leaving it in Ferrari's hands. Uh well in um Lawrence's hands to get it to Ferrari, I even mean, though they have a lot they of They may have right some now. yeah, some yeah. other things to worry about right now. But I'll see if we can squeeze it in under the radar. Just squeeze it in, who knows? Yeah. Maybe they'll get a podium finish and you can Well they will like it. In. I mean if everybody else is asking about engine and legality and stuff like that and I just say to Charles, yeah. What do you think about Litty Leclerc? Litty Leclerc, yeah. I think you'll catch him off guard. He'll say, I love it. Oh, I, I mean, love I'm it. not allowed to say anything. I'm not allowed to talk. Oh, no comment, no comment. <laughs> It'll be an engine He'll be like, yeah, I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love it. We'll do that. We'll do that. So now I'm picking one for Lawrence? Yes. Yeah. And maybe I'll pick one for you guys too. Yeah, that works. 
Pooch bro, there's we'll no rules. Get, we'll get Lucy involved as well. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is an easy one. Who wins the drivers' championship? Oh, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, you almost said that begrudgingly. <laughs> I thought Lawrence was going to say Bottas. Lawrence is Bottas. I'd, I'd love to see it, and actually, I think it will be closer than it was last year. Um, but I still think Lewis is, has got it. Yeah, he's, he's just too good. A really interesting talking point this year that's kind of gone under the radar. Other thing is where Bottas's mindset is because he mm-hmm. really looked broken last year by Lewis. So if he can start strongly and then keep it, I think you're right; it'll be close. But the problem mm-hmm. is we've not seen him be able to keep that strong and, season all year. So yeah, because he had some moments last year where even I think I messaged yeah. you and I was like, "Ooh, is he allowed to look this fabulous <laughs> up against Lewis?" Because we know Lewis is the main man. So, uh, so and, and at the start of the year, he was really good last year, and yeah. um, he was putting it together. But then he had a couple of results just go slightly against him. It was kind of a little bit of. Um, wheel spin over the start line in China I remember and then like a poor start in Spain and all of a sudden two races he should have won uh, should have won uh, kind of slipped by um but uh, I I think he's he's looking pretty good the, the other thing that always uh, hits him during the season is that he has to negotiate his contract for the following year because mm-hmm. uh, he's always on this one year rolling contract and I think that always kind of sticks with him a little bit because uh, last year it was Esteban Ocon who ended up going to Renault he was the guy that everyone was tipping to replace Valtteri this year, um, okay, Ocon's locked into a Renault contract, but George Russell is at Williams and is also under Mercedes contract, so he could potentially move up to Mercedes. So I think Valtteri's going to face all those same questions again. And when you're up against someone like Lewis, you need to have your mind completely on the game. And my concern is that there'll be a few distractions, which means that he won't quite be there. Solid. Now it's for me to go into the pooch pouch. Is this to both of us? or Should I just chuck it out to both of you? Yeah, sure. quick fire. Yeah, both. why not? Let me... You hear sound, the sound, sound effects? These are, these are real sound effects. rummaging through the pooch pouch. All right. Even more sound effects. Mm. Oh, no, okay. Here's a good no one. Expense, no this expense. No expense. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the full experience on this podcast. Okay, so if there is a shock podium finish, who is it going to be? This is kind of the one I wanted to know as well. That's a really good question. Uh, Thank I you. I think... I think I wrote them, so... I'm, I'm, so oh, you just have to chuck that in there, Nate. <laughs> I mean, um, so I was going to say Sergio Perez and the racing point, because he, when he has a car that can deliver podiums, he's done it before. Um, it remains to be seen how good that car is, but that would be a surprise because they're in the midfield. And then part of me wants to say um, one of the Renault guys, Ocon or Ricardo. Um, so I'm going to have to choose one instead of picking three. <laughs> so Nate always does it. Get I off do, that yeah, fence. I'm, I'm, Get off I'm that fence. Quite indecisive. Uh, no, okay. I'll say I'll say Perez, and then Lu- and Lawrence can pick whoever. Um, it depends what you say as a surprise. Because would it really be a surprise for um, I don't know? You, obviously, for these kind of midfield teams to get on the podium, mm-hmm. you usually need the top three teams to run mm-hmm. into trouble. So I'm going to take that as the premise of the question, and I'm going to say Lando Norris is going yeah. to get hey. one on McLaren. Uh, Big fan of his. I think he's incredibly quick. I think the McLaren's going to be pretty pretty good again. Um, and can't uh, believe I didn't say Sunday signs. He didn't say Sunday signs. Oh, oh. sorry, Carlos. That's he's probably listening as we speak, and ju- I think that was his yeah. heart dropping that I just heard. Probably. I mean, he's already had one, so I feel like you know, doesn't it? You know, doesn't need another one. What, does it need another one? Oh, of <laughs> course ever? he doesn't. That, that, ever? that logic doesn't make any he, sense. He can retire that, from F1 now. That logic doesn't make any sense. I don't, know what, I don't know what I'm talking about. Would I be asking for too much if I asked you to probably predict where? Because, of course, you had to say that you expect mm. that yeah. would mean the top three would have to come into trouble. Where where are they likely to come into trouble? Right, I'm going to jump straight in here. Baku. 
Oh. It, things like that always yeah. happen at Baku. Well, Baku would be the one for Perez. I'd also say maybe Monaco. Like, I can see some, some crazy stuff happening there. The racing point qualifying quite well. And then just getting into... Monaco is impossible to overtake. So mm-hmm. Perez getting into a good position. Maybe some craziness around him getting on the podium. He had a podium there a couple of years ago. He did, yeah. And that was a really good race of his. So Perez around Monaco, I'd say. All right. Going to remember these predictions. Yeah. Shake, shake, shake got, again. We've, we've, I think last year... <laughs> all the ones I made yes. were all Ferrari based and they spectacularly imploded so I'm a bit worried about Lewis is disappointed in you yeah alright alright so now you go. choose for Nate again what we got okay there we go pouch 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 how many races does Valtteri Bottas win ooh oh. this kind of goes back into the conversation we were having just yeah. a question ago so I hope he has his career best year and we see him win more than he's won but I think if there's a Mercedes that's going to win a race, I think more often than not Lewis is going to win. So I'm still going to say I'm still going to say three races. You know, I don't. I think it's going to be a handful, and three is quite it's, it's pretty much average of what he's been doing every year. So I don't see any deviation from that. That's what I that was a shaking up again. <laughs> yeah. Nate to serve hey. for Lawrence. Nate to serve. We got. Uh, does the championship battle go to the final race this year? I'm going to say yes, just because um, it's a lot more fun in this job when it does. Really? <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's no way of telling. Sure thinking. But um, yes, I, I, I'm going to say yeah. And uh, like I said, I think Bottas, you know, might be a little bit better this year. Might, might string together some results. Who knows? Red Bull might surprise us. Ferrari might surprise us. Uh, Lewis might, you know, suffer reliability issues at a number of races. It can all happen. So I'm going to say yes, just because I want it to happen. Yeah, oh. it would be great if it. Did. It would be not yeah. something competitive. Well, last, last two years, we've gone to one race where Lewis has needed to finish like eighth or seventh or something to win, and it's yeah. just it's you're just like we know it's going to happen. Whereas covering Abu Dhabi was the only finale that I've covered 2016. And it was fantastic because it was just so tense all weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, Rosberg and Hamilton, when they were talking in the media pen, they were like brushing against, you know, they were kind of moving past each other and you could just see the, the tension in their it. body. Yeah, you could just feel everything in that Mercedes camp was really tense. And we don't, we haven't had that really for a while. So it'd be great. So My question for us? now for yeah. you. <laughs> I'm glad everyone can read my writing perfectly, by the way. Thank you. Oh, so this is a big question, too, that I 100% always have, and I know we started talking about it probably in our first podcast. Does Sebastian Vettel stay at Ferrari? Maybe that was the FAA settlement. Maybe they said that (laughs) Vettel has to stay for another few years. That was a little detail that they left out. Yeah. Um, See, when when we did the first podcast, I was pretty convinced he wouldn't. Yeah. Um, we've since heard, heard Mattia Bonotto say that he's their first choice and for all we've said about Vettel's form recently I think he's still very well thought of at Ferrari I think he brings a lot to that team we spoke about that before like what he brings to the team from a technical point of view mm-hmm. and I just think Ferrari Ferrari and taking <laughs> taking risky decisions on their driver's side maybe they do it more on their engine side controversial um, but maybe I, I can the more the further into the season we get I can see them sticking with him so I th- I'm going to say he does stay um, I'm actually going to agree slightly different reasons but I think if Ferrari are off the pace at the start of the year which I believe they will be um, they're not going to pump a huge amount of effort into trying to make that car get to the front of the grid by the end of the year because 
the regulations are changing in quite a big way in 2021 and all the teams have already started working on their new concepts for those cars and it would make a lot of sense for Ferrari to say and I think I think Bonotto has already hinted at this that they would um, uh, kind of stop developing the uh, 2020 Ferrari and put all their effort into 2021. Now if that happens chances are Charles and Sebastian aren't going to be that close to the front of the grid. Uh, and if they're not that close to the front of the grid and they're not racing for wins, a lot of the pressure gets taken off. Certainly if they're not racing for a championship, a lot of the pressure gets taken off. So um, my theory on kind of Vettel uh, struggling there or there being fireworks there was based on Ferrari having a good car and mm-hmm. um, the clerk challenging for the championship that Vettel had always wanted since he went to Ferrari and all the kind of uh, mental issues that might create for Sebastian. Um, but actually, as things stand, I think um, they're not really going to fight for the championship, and that could mean that uh, they stick with what they've got for another year. All right, we'll take that. Although well, that could be the dreaded vote of confidence. We always <laughs> we always see we in always football when the owners come out and talk about, oh, we have the manager has our full support. I'm expecting an email to drop now. So oh, no. it's <laughs> about that we'll not Day after, sacked, sacked in the morning. <laughs> yeah. You're getting sacked in the... Was it my go again? It's your go again, yeah. right? Hope I'm showing these out evenly. Ah, thank you. Oh, yeah, it's been it's been. Come on, give us some. Give us some. There we go. That's oh, right. Sound Organic <laughs> sound effects. This is what we live for. <laughs> Where does Danny Rick end up in 2021? Oh, I like yes. the use of Danny Rick as well. Yeah, right? I did that, the by the way. Yeah, well, I did that because uh, I know that. Nate has some love for Danny Rick, of course. Who doesn't have a love for Danny hey, Rick? How could you not love him, right? Yeah, Bantasaurus Rex. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> and and this is this is the the thing that is frustrating looking at that Vettel situation, is that that was really the only place that Ricardo can go. Lawrence mentioned that if Mercedes is going to move on from Bottas, it will be George Russell, and I think we've all given up any idea of Lewis mm. going to Ferrari. So really. Ricardo is kind of having to bank on another team making it successful. I'm actually going to say he ends up at McLaren because McLaren came very, very close to signing him when Renault actually got him. Zach Brown really put a lot of effort into getting him, uh, trying to get him to come to the team. And Ricardo's only hesitation on it was because at that point, McLaren were really probably at their lowest ebb of that, that whole cycle that they've been through. And I think he just thought there's so much risk there. I mean, Renault was already a risky choice, but the McLaren one was even riskier. At whose expense though? I feel like McLaren's now close to my heart. That was my first, yeah. my first love. But then, but then again, you, you wonder who McLaren would get rid of as well. But I, I, yeah. I, I think I think Ricardo is is still a really like from a from a, a team perspective is a huge proposition on the driver market. So I think he can still go in and maybe name his price at some teams. Mm-hmm. And then he's he's just got to hope that the team he picks is is able to win races because if he doesn't do that, it's really difficult to see where he ever kind of gets back into winning a championship. So I respect the move he made. I think it. You know, it, it was quite a brave one to do to Renault, but it, it all hinged on the decision he makes now, and whether he could get himself back to the front. And I mean, maybe he stays put and Renault make it in twenty twenty one. But I think I'm, I'm less optimistic about that. All right, Your just quick now. one. Where, where do you think he goes? I would say Renault. He's staying at Renault so, for, right. for the same reasons that the top teams look like they're closing off. Um, but I don't see it's a sideways move to go to McLaren. Yeah, makes him look a little bit desperate. Um, I'd, I'd stay. At uh, Rene one year contract see where mm. the cards lie after that yeah. nice Perfect. my turn again your turn again to ask mm. the brain that is Lawrence <laughs> so which team wins best of the rest so fourth position in the championship so I think we did this question before we did we? yeah a couple of podcasts ago and I said Renault and I'm going to stick with that because uh, yeah. there's been no track action since and uh, <laughs> I like to stick by what I say uh, so yeah I'm going to stick with Renault uh, the reasons I gave in that one uh, was basically that there's a lot of pressure on Renault to finish 
um, fourth in the championship uh, because they are a manufacturer team. They should be beating the likes of McLaren and Racing Point. And I don't think the car looks awful, to be honest. I mean, it, it, it looks pretty good. So I think they're going to be there. They're solid. And they have two really good drivers who are going to pick up a lot of points when they get the opportunity in Daniel Ricciardo and Esteban Ocon. So I'm sticking with Renault. All right, we've only got two questions left in the pooch, oh, wow. pouch, 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 pouch. Do you want to pick them both? Uh, yeah, why not? keeping this oh, nice, even you know, thing going. We will. Let's do this. All right, so. Ooh, dropped it. Fumble. Overachieving team. Who's your pick? I think the obvious choice is racing points, yeah. isn't it, from what we've seen. car looks very quick. Um, as Nate mentioned earlier, it's uh, very, very similar to last year's Mercedes, and uh, we know that was quick. So uh, that's the absolutely obvious choice, Nate. You got any? No, I, I agree because we're because we're kind of overachieving from where they finished, where they were last year, where they have been. I think Racing Point make the biggest gain of any team. And the final question: I wish we had that Ferrari epic music to be like. Ah. It's, it's always running in my brain somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's never far away. <laughs> it's, it never is. It was really epic, wasn't it? Yeah, it's I want to like. It it's a shame walk. that it's a shame now because since you see that car at preseason, you're like, oh, that music oh, just gosh. wasn't. I know, wasn't, wasn't it? The, like what you should have launched that car with at all. Womp womp womp. Ah, speaking on along those lines, <laughs> most disappointing team. Well, to continue Uh-oh. on that theme, um, I think probably the most disappointing team of the last decade is Ferrari, and based on what I've seen so far, I don't see any reason for that to change. Yeah, I agree. It's um, it's just it's quite a shame to see what Ferrari's become. And I grew up a huge Ferrari fan, and if they didn't win a race, it was seen as a disappointment. Whereas now, you know, it, they haven't won a championship for so long. Um, the only other one I'd throw in would just because of how good they were two seasons ago. I can't see Haas making any big steps forward. Mm. Not a disappointment as such in terms, because I think they'll be where they were last year. But it's disappointing in the sense that I think Gene Haas, the owner, is starting to really eval- reevaluate his long-term future in F1. And I think if they finish down there, we could potentially lose a team. So that would be disappointing. Right, so shall we move on now to our final segment of the day? And it's exciting because we actually can look forward to... <laughs> The Australian Grand Prix, within reason, because we are literally, like, so close to it now. I mean, Lawrence, as you heard, has packed his shorts, his sunblock, anything else? Um, no. Dog spray? Because, you know, Australia has, like, just, deadliest you, you've everything. you just got shorts. You've just, just got shorts. You've just got shorts. That's all I need. Uh, no, <laughs> nothing more specific than that, I don't think. It's not that exciting to go through um, do the contents of my bag. Um, I know that. <laughs> are you one of those that just packs, like... A backpack and you've got everything in there. Must be nice. No, uh, I, have, I have a suitcase. Like, like an actual like, like one, like a carry-on. Um, no, I have a backpack, carry-on, and a suitcase that goes. goes oh, okay. Does oh, anyone ever travel to Australia with just a backpack from from the UK? I no, but so. then when I went to Barbados, our producer literally packed all his clothes and shoes and content into just a backpack. I'm impressed. That is impressive. First of all, he packed one pair of shoes, which were the ones on his feet, his trainers, and then had to buy flip flops there because I think he forgot it was Barbados. Yeah. Um, so I was like, wow, it must be nice to be guys just chucking stuff in your rucksack and off you go. Yeah, I've never done that. It's always, always a suitcase. Oh, always good. Suitcase. Yeah, or it's usually two for me. But back to the Australian Grand Prix, <laughs> <laughs> shall we? Now we know Nate and Lawrence's packing abilities, but we can finally look forward to one. And then the next podcast that we do will actually have stuff to talk about, you know, some action, which is what, of course, we've been waiting for. But Lawrence, since you're the one going, you know, let's talk to you about this first, this Australian Grand Prix. You know, what's the circuit like? Why is it so special? 
Um, it's a it's a really cool place to go and start uh, the season because the weather's pretty good down there this time of year. That kind of helps, um, and it's a really cool town. You're actually in the city. The uh, circuit itself goes around a park, which is mm. um, just outside uh, the city centre, and uh, it has a really nice kind of um, almost feels a bit like going to Wimbledon, like you know that kind of like lovely green kind of atmosphere mm. where everyone's quite chilled out, and it's uh, it, it's kind of got that feel in the paddock. So. It's um yeah it's a cool place to start the season I think everyone likes it the only downside is that you don't get particularly exciting racing uh, the cars are kind of outgrowing the track a bit there so you usually mm. need a bit of rain um to uh, to make it exciting but um yeah it's still it's still a nice place to go and kick things off it would feel very strange as long as I've been covering Formula One uh, I think it started there I think there's one year maybe it started in Bahrain but it'd be very strange not to start it in Australia it's got that kind of you know real kind of feel to it. Yeah, so Do you have any fond memories of it or why you like it? Um, well, Australia was always nice from when you're watching the UK because you'd always have the early start, so it always felt like quite special to, to wake up and watch those races. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've actually never been, so um, it's it's one I, it's one I think for a lot of fans, it I think it, I prefer it to Bar- Bahrain open the season a couple of times. Um, I think Melbourne just has, there's just something about it. It's got yeah. good 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 atmosphere, it's got a good track, it's just got, you feel like something dramatic can always happen there, so... It's just a really fun place to start the season. All right. Well, we have some predictions from you guys that you made, mm. and that's exactly. This the, oh, this is my favorite four. part because you get to pull up people on predictions. I had to do that for throughout the back end of last season with Nate because <laughs> yes. he's just. Well, it became a, it became a running joke because they were we, always wrong. Yeah, but it's so funny that now we're talking about Ferrari biggest disappointment and this, this, and that, and then all of Nate's picks last season were Ferrari, 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 Ferrari. <laughs> it's almost like he doesn't listen to what we have to say. <laughs> Yeah, I, I bought, like I mentioned, the Italian heritage. I think it got the better. Oh, of he went year. for it. Oh. I was like, I'm, I'm all in on Ferrari, oh, which I shouldn't have. Gasps been. in Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Anyways, let's start with you, then, Nate. Why mm. not? So, for the podium f- predictions, podium finishes is what we got for you. And you had Lewis. He's now Number back one. in your good books. Yeah. Max and Litty Leclerc. Yeah, that's for. And um, this is the podium for Melbourne. Um, I'm sticking yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. I think um, the reason I've got. Th- Three teams up there, as I think that there's still an element of the unexpected in Melbourne, and you know there's still things teams aren't completely, you know, they're not completely sure about. So even if Ferrari are a bit slower than Red Bull, I think that right now there's still a question mark over Alex Albon and how quick he is compared to Max. Um, and I'd like I'd like one of those two to be ahead of Lewis, but I think if I was putting money on it, that would be the the order I'd have Lewis up there. Um, I think that, well, me and Lawrence agree that Mercedes will have some sort of issue with the car. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be with Bottas, but. But that's the perfect segue to Lawrence's predictions now because, Lawrence, you have bought us no space for Lewis, Max, and Albon. Yeah, so um, this is a prediction I put forward. I I think, basically, the Mercedes is going to be the fastest car, but it did show some fragility in testing. Uh, Certainly the engine had a couple of issues. And uh, while Mercedes are usually very good at fixing that kind of stuff, that question mark is still going to be there. and, you know, it may be that they go then they have to run the engines, you know, slightly lower than they'd like to or something like that. But um, we'll have to wait and see. But I think, yeah, on the basis that Lewis might have an engine failure, I've put Bottas at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've put um, Max and Alex Albon because uh, they're both Red Bull drivers. The Red Bull car looks quick. I'd like to see Alex Albon get a podium nice and early under his belt, given the confidence that he needs to go into the season. 
Um, and uh, as you know, my overall prediction for the season is still Lewis. Mm-hmm. So if Lewis doesn't score any points at the first round, hopefully it makes it a little bit more exciting for a little bit longer. Um, but like I said, this is mainly wishful thinking because there's no yeah. way you can actually predict the podium uh, this far out having not seen anything. Uh, but um, it's based on a little bit of what we saw in testing and a little bit of what I think would make quite an exciting start to the year. The other prediction I have uh, for... Um, Australia, which could be quite interesting, is whether um, Mercedes' DAS system mm. gets uh, protested. Because uh, talk about that too as well. Well, yeah. it's not been the, the other teams have kind of kept their powder dry a bit on on wh- whether they can protest it or not. But I think it's become increasingly clear that it's not the kind of thing you can easily fit into the car and kind of retrofit to another car. Uh, certainly not within a kind of six month period. So the other teams are looking at, well, do we bother doing this because it's going to be outlawed in twenty twenty one. Um, but there are still some questions over when it can be used, how it can be used. And it'll be interesting to see, uh, one, how much Mercedes use it, when they use it, uh, and then um, how much of an impact it seems to have on performance. And uh, and then I think that will probably dictate whether the other teams feel that, you know, is it worth a, whether, worth a protest or not. It's quite hard to see uh, that it would be a successful protest because um, Mercedes have let the FIA know about this for quite a long time. Uh, but there's there's a, you know there's a slight chance, and I think um, uh, it would be uh, a kind of little added kind of extra to, um, to, to you know to, to, I'm, like I said I'm trying to create an exciting picture for the Australian Grand Prix, so that little bit of added intrigue um, as the as, as the race comes to an end. Well, let's face it, I think Ferrari are going to protest that, aren't they? Let's come on, they're going to go there and be like, let's, <laughs> let, like we're you know we're up against it here, we're on the ropes. Let's let, let's protest that. Let's you know let's let's put our stake in the ground here so I think if any team's going to protest it Ferrari will be in a punchy mood why not well that's it that's a wrap for us guys that's it Oh, it was so good to be back with you guys, even for a hot second, because Lawrence, of course, has to jet off. But you know, he's gonna do he's gonna do the work for us. He's gonna be our eyes and ears there, and sure. and tanning for us, I suppose. Even though I came back all right, I think, from Barbados, Nate. Nate. <laughs> Nate looked great on my Instagram filter though. So if you check our Instagrams, you'll see Nate. Yeah, and I'm looking. Tanned. I'm not that tanned in real life. He's not that tanned in real life. He's got his rosy cheeks going though, and that's good. <laughs> but that was a good filter because it got rid of my rosy. Yeah, cheeks. it completely I've never seen myself did. With, without rosy cheeks it, for ages. It brought you strong Italian jeans through. It did, yeah. He's I don't strong know where they've Italian been for 20 years until that Instagram filter. I need to find that and use it on everything. On everything. Yeah. We will we'll probably just do over our, our picture, our official picture for the podcast. Oh, yeah. That's a slap that idea. filter on it. <laughs> yeah, just, but just on me. And that's it. <laughs> and done. Perfect. Anything else before we wrap? Final thoughts? Looking forward to Australia. Can't wait. It should, it should be good. I mean, this thing, at this time of year, you have all this talk about all these things going mm. on in the background and really what everyone wants to do is go and race and find out who's actually quickest. So. And just get, just need someone to just get out there, do it. And then we can talk about it. Yeah, when when they're all lining up on the grid in Melbourne, that's another reason Melbourne's quite special. Is you get that kind of buzz of like finally this is this is it now we're back again. Yeah, so in, really in, in the words of Christian Horner, you pull your trousers down and see what you've got. Um, <laughs> oh wow! Can, can I say that? that yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think it, you it, just did. So <laughs> not, <laughs> can we put it out there? You can put uh, it anyway, out there. I already not, had a not, low key your mama. Not mama my words. That's true. Yeah, the oh, words very offensive. Your mama joke as well. The, the words of Christian Horner last year, I think. So there you go. Perfect. Well, what a way to end the podcast. What a way to end it. I don't think I even need to say anything. Thank you guys for sitting with me. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>